He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 140 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson and I'm joined as always by Barry O'Hanrahan. Hey Barry. Hey James. Uh, open Championship Week. Yep. Excited? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Love this week. Well, let's get into it. The Twitter handle is at a good talk golf and the email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. A um, couple of weeks, uh, so we've got the Irish Open we have to cover, um, we have the Rolex series from last week and then the Open, so Irish Open, you and I were up there. Um, On the Sunday. What did you think? Did you enjoy it? What did you think of the, the experience? We were down on the range with the pros. Um, yeah, we got two of us got independently very lucky and won a Titleist experience on the range. So we got to go basically test the, their new uh, drivers on at the very well at the end of the range, probably safest newish drivers. Newish, yeah. yeah. Sorry, we'll a year and a bit old, but yeah, yeah, they're latest. Let's go. They're latest, yeah. Um, it really wasn't about for me. It wasn't about the clubs or or the the heads. It was about the fact that you get to experience what it's like to be on the range beside all the pros who are warming up for the final round of the of uh, the Irish Open so um, we had a half an hour you get hit balls you're on a track man um, you know, I didn't even look at the track man to be honest no I didn't either I didn't look at any stats I hit probably no more than a dozen shots and I spent most of it just chatting and laughing with Mark and with Ollie and the other guys at Titleist UK and Ireland who had Set it up and basically just looked at John Ram two down from me. Yeah, Benjamin Hubert beside me. Um, he literally had his ass in your in your yeah, face. It was, it was a bit close. It was a bit tight, all right. Uh, it, was, it was snug, let's say. But I mean, I think he yeah he trusted his swing. But yeah, I didn't trust me. Well, <laughs> he might have trusted his own swing. I wasn't trusting it. That, yeah. It was. Uh, you it was were very dr- close to my head when I was trying to put a ball on a tee. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were dressed in a nine, so we probably just figured out oh, this guy looks like a pro. So he's well, you know, um, it was bullshit baffles. It was um, it was an absolutely magnificent experience. I barely remember. it much from it um, in terms of what well, Mark just kept switching out shafts and heads and um, it, to be fair we did end up with much much better results on the track plan so he said that we did at the start which is fine but you're also relaxing a bit more and hitting a little bit better my sole focus was just try not to hit one off the toe so it just goes sculling along the range and pings one of the pros um, it was it was a brilliant experience I don't think I'll ever get that again I got all mine elevated which was, <laughs> I didn't care which direction <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to make sure that they just got going fair uh, point yeah yeah that, uh, was, so that was the only basis <laughs> in which I didn't care whether or not they cut across I think I hit probably my best drive on it didn't go further than Benjamin Hebert's like I think it was a five iron in his hand might have been a four iron I'm not 100% sure but he was nodding them straight down the fairway uh, or down the driving range and yeah. I thought wow my drives are going nowhere close to his it's... but it, it was what a superb like to get to walk you know the grandstand was behind you know Justin Rose was on the was there 
um, Matthew Southgate, John Ram, like, you know, big names, big European tour players, guys who are teeing it up this week at the Open. Mm. Um, we were lucky that we were obviously there Sunday. We were there, like I was 12 o'clock, you were half 11. We were obviously there when all the big players on the leaderboard were just finishing up their warm-up. Just being inside the ropes, just being right up close is just... Just to hear the sound down on the range compared to where you're out on the course, but to see what they do on the range, what they're trying to do, and then the chats. But do you know what I did take away, which I never knew existed? And this, of course, is uh, ruining the magical uh, magical process of television. The the commentator from Sky came over to Benjamin uh, Hubert's caddy and asked for a full breakdown of every distance all his clubs would be, mm-hmm. so that when they were out on the on the course, and the guy would be like, "Oh, we're 150. It will. It should be Hebert's four iron or two iron or whatever. It's eight iron." And I thought, like you know, I always had the idea that these guys were so good that they were able to work it out by like the loft and looking at it. I didn't realise they were walking around. I, I know that was yeah, totally yeah, naive, yeah. I and I know everybody <laughs> who's listening to this right now went. James. God, he's such a naive person. <laughs> but I just assumed that, like, you know, they kind of were doing whatever, or they were kind of getting the information by kind of sure. seeing it come yeah, out of the bag like, or whatever. You, you don't um, want to know the magic behind Walt Disney. You know, yeah, he just wants but, the, the facade. But, but it was good. But, look, we were down by Rich Beam. The Sky, you know, centre yeah. was there. Like, the whole, just being involved inside the ropes, as they say, was just... Being incredible, yeah, yeah. Being able to get to, like, being able to just watch the guys in the range. I think that's one of the best. That's one of the most like, exciting parts of going to a golf tournament for me is being because you can get right behind them and you can just stand there and watch them go through their process, and you can see exactly what they're doing time and time again. Whereas on a golf course, it can be sometimes hard to gain a real appreciation for what they do. But on the range, you know what you can do when you're on a range, and you see what these guys do, and it's they play a totally different game to us. It is. It's Hence why they're there each week. Oh no, no, no. yeah, but no, I, it is. It, it's like they play like a totally different game of golf to us. It's chalk and cheese. What we can, but, how we can hit the ball versus how they hit the ball. They what's strike so, it. What's so, so interesting to watch them on the range, which I think anybody who hasn't turned up at a pro event live won't get the appreciation of it, is how they do not swing that hard. It is not as fast in real life as it looks on the telly. It, it's not. It, it it is controlled aggression. It is a controlled swing. It and is, yeah. It is never what, as fast. What I will say is it, looks on the, TV. The, the tempo is brilliant, and because the tempo and rhythm of the swing is brilliant, it doesn't look like the clubhead speed is fast. No, their clubhead speeds. I'm are, not suggesting clubhead oh, speed. Yeah. They're they're getting clubhead oh, the speed. The tempo is just. It's, it's about the fact that we all think as amateurs, I have to swing so fast and so hard. Yeah. And actually, they're not swinging in, you know, whether it's it's because it's controlled, whether it's controlled aggression, tempo, whatever, it looks effortless and it looks at ease. It's and it's incredible yeah. to see that the difference in real life compared to the TV, I think, is telling because I think it's sped up. It looks quicker on TV than it is in real life. Maybe with the frame rate. When you see it with your eyes, you do, yeah, like in real life, you see, you appreciate it more and you can understand it more or innately in your brain, you can take that picture, the real life picture in a lot better than you can on the TV. There, it's just wonderful efficiency of movement and, and how to deliver, and delivering the golf clubs to the ball and just, you see the result in the ball flight of these guys hitting it on the range. It's just 
absolutely if you're you're there going if I could hit one shot like that in my life, golfing career I would be over the moon it's so it's talking magic. about the Irish Open in general and you know we're not going to go yeah. into too much detail today because it's a couple of weeks ago John Ram wins it as a spectacle we're physically at the course mm-hmm. did you like the course did you yeah, enjoy the setup um, you know was there what kind of just to be in the experience of Port Stewart, was it was it something that you enjoyed? Would you do it again, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Go to an Irish Open again? Yeah, absolutely, of course. Like I just thought, I thought it was good. We didn't because we had the the the, the dietless experience, and by the time we'd finished that and got ourselves together, the leaders had actually kind of gone off a little bit through the front nine. So actually, getting to the front nine was to see it was. Uh, not really happening so actually saw went to checked out the opening hole and apparently the rest of the foot nine is pretty awesome and you can see it go off into the mountainous dunes but I, I spent I did a good walk around most of the back nine and got to see a lot of it and it looked really really enjoyable as a links course it's going to be bloody expensive to play it now that, now that it has the Irish Open behind it £150 I don't think that's expensive compared to Royal County down at £200 it's not even it's not even in the same ballpark it has, it's, it's, the price can be jacked up because of the Irish Open. It's a, it's a really nice looking Lynx golf course. It really is. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was happy to be there. It was a shame. The weather was a bit miserable that day. It was a kind of misty rain. It was a little bit chilly. We were in full kind of wet gear. But, um, the, you know, the atmosphere was great around the place. The crowds were buzzing and, uh, there was some good play. And uh, a very popular man was leading the tournament in John Ram, you know, and uh, plays a really exciting brand of golf, and that kind of kept things uh, pretty pretty nicely charged. So we left there. I went home. You, on the other hand, went on to play Royal County Down. And I did, yeah. So you went out on Monday with Chris from No Laying Up. Yeah, Chris is... Uh, Chris was pretty nice and kept me in mind. He had a round in Royal County Down set up with a um, via a listener of the No Laying Up podcast, Jack Nelson, who's the member there in Royal County Down. And Jack, uh, Jack was very, very good and took us around the course and showed us showed us the few nuances to that place. Um, I, I don't like that. That's on a different level to any other golf course I've ever played. When it comes to this. We, we obviously the discussion turns to you know golf rankings and where courses rank and um, I'm not a huge fan of like numbering them off in a list and I like to say like that's in the group of my favourites so like Karn or you know this that or the other um, where's this that or the other golf course that sounds like fun see this is how loose I like to have my <laughs> inverted quote uh, rankings um, I don't like ranking golf courses but if there, if this was to be a thing, then Royal County Down shouldn't even bother being considered in this in this top hundred list. It just belongs in a different level, a different stratosphere altogether. It's just class. It asks so many questions. I've n- it's difficult off the tee, but I've never encountered a golf course that is so exacting in its demands of your approach shots to greens and um, and what you'd have to do to get it up and down if you've missed a green. We played it in really calm conditions. Amazing uh, how calm it was. The water, the sea was almost like a lake for half of the round. Uh, we had maybe a one club wind picked up at some stages throughout the round. But um, really special. It's really, really special experience. Wonderful golf course. Um, asked all the golf clubs in the bag, all the skills you had. Um, 
and you can see exactly why last year when the weather picked up sorry it was two years ago for the Irish Open when the weather picked up the guys were all struggling to break par um, it's a serious test of golf and one that I wouldn't just recommend to people I would say it is an absolute must play golf course uh, once, at least one time in your lifetime it is magnificent um, how did you play? Or did that matter? I, it didn't look yeah it bothers you when you lose a few golf balls and you hit a few bad shots especially on a golf course that's really really amazing you you want to kind of play good golf on a good golf course I had some terrible holes I had some really bad shots I had I think five or six pars in the back nine so um, you know all balanced out and at the end of the day um, we had a really great round good chats good fun good weather and uh you know, there was a few good shots hit between the group. Nobody played phenomenally well, but everybody had their flashes of brilliance. So uh, a good day was had. Generally, how's your golf at the moment? Awful. It's it's gone worse. I, play, I played on the weekend in Druid's Heath and had um, 23 points on Saturday and then one of the worst rounds in a couple of years on Sunday. Uh, so was, the score was so high, I don't think it would fit within the confines of this episode. But the, the flip side of that is you must have played pretty well in your match play with Sonny. We did. Again, we dovetailed very well. I, my bad holes were awful. My good holes were good, were pretty good. So um, we did well enough to... We're into the quarterfinals now in the four-ball match play in the club. So we're trying to set up that match to at the moment. It's uh, due to be played by August 13th. So uh, we'll update you as and when that match occurs. Very good. Well, best of luck with that going forward. You played Paris Courts. I have played Paris Court twice. I have played Clontarf since we were last on air. And uh, yeah, I uh, have enjoyed the two outings. Last weekend was great because it was just pure relaxation golf. Didn't care whether or not it was 100 or whether it was a 70. I really just didn't care. Uh, But we played. It was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, just being the way I've been playing over the last couple of weeks, I just enjoyed getting out and just playing golf. So... Um, I'm down in Mount Worsley this weekend, so I might bring the gear and see about getting out and hitting 18. I've been told that it's a superb golf course. Oh, it's nice, um, yeah. Played that last year. Might might uh, might try and sneak out early on uh, on Saturday morning, before uh, or even Sunday morning before people notice that I've been gone. Um, all right. Any other? Anything else of interest? Any any comments or any views on Twitter that we are meant to be? You know, taking uh, taking account of. You got me on the spot here. Um, yeah, that's why yeah. I, that's, that's why I asked. Um, I'll, I'll Google that in the back. Um, where are we? No, okay, so let's go. The Irish Open was a great success. There's huge talk about it going to be a... They're looking towards making a $10 million event, which is absolutely phenomenal. It will get there. Inflation kicks in and prize money increases all the time. Sponsors increase... It's just gone from strength to strength. Uh, it's been announced that it's going to be in Ballyliffin next year, which is a bloody magnificent place to play golf. Be a bit tricky for fans and for you know spectators to get to. It's an extra little trek, but totally worth it. Unbelievable place to play golf, and I would go play it if you can before the Irish Open. There, it might actually be easier for fans, not in terms of the distance, but there'll be more accommodation in Derry. Everything is much more accessible um, Fair because it's obviously call. a very big uh, town, being Derry, um, and Derry was a lot closer to Ballyliffin than Belfast was to uh, to to Port Stewart. So, be interesting to see, but. Yeah, like it's going to go to 10 million. It will go to 10 million. 
It's it's it's. I followed funny. Hideki Matsuyama, um, and to see the world number two at it, you know, obviously Justin Rose was there, John Ram was there, Rory was there, all the major, you know, I think that it, the 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 quality of the field was really good, mm. but I do think there is a little bit more could go. Oh, like, I can't. You know, yeah. like, you know, I'd love to see, you know, like Dustin Johnson, these guys come over now. Like Dustin was here last weekend playing Port Marnock as he mm-hmm. always does. You know, to try and entice those guys into one of the either the Scottish or the Irish mm-hmm. will really kind of elevate it up that little bit more. But then it's always the drain between: do they stay in the states? Do they come here? Which week did they take off? You know, so there's a lot of kind of movement. So I'm not sure we'll ever see basically like a an open championship field no. at the Irish Open. You never. But will. each year you're going to have. A really big handful of, of of ten or so of the top kind of twenty twenty five players, it, thirty players. It is, that, that's what's going to be amazing about it. It is only going to get stronger as, a, as an event, and there's you know there's a really good case to be made for playing the Irish Open, taking the week of the Scottish Open off, and getting a little extra prep at the Open Championship course. But that doesn't work for every player. So there is uh, I don't, this is what we've talked about for years, having this link swing. Um, you have two weeks of links golf in a row, you know, absolute links golf in a row before the Open Championship. The Irish Open, Scottish Open, it gives guys options. The Irish Open's only going to get stronger. You know, the Americans will realise more and more they need to put in that links prep to get their links game right. You know, and this offers them the opportunity to do it. The Irish Open might end up being the week before the Open Championship in twenty nineteen. We don't know. Um, there's also discussions we had. Does the Irish Open exclusively stay on links golf courses, or does it? You know, we have fantastic parkland courses here as well. They shouldn't be overlooked. Yeah, but you can't you can't have it in a links series and then not have it on a links course. There we go. So, so like, and it, thing, so it that, was that, specifically moved from June into for July that. for links. So well, it's going to have to stay on links courses certainly through well, 2019. For weather reasons as well, I think a little bit of the move and the fact that it managed to get Rory's backing, so it gets a more a better spot in the calendar. Um, it's it's just great for the Irish Open. I think it's a really good line, you know, build up to the Open Championship. It gives that link swing um, on the European Tour. Um, I think what you'll see, and it's already because I watched Sky Sports last night um, and they were live at the Open and there was a couple of the American guys that come over and they were talking about how you know they have to learn to hit different types of shots mm. on you know on um, different few turf. guys who are saying like you know oh I've taken you know the hybrid won't be in the bag this weekend so I'm doing a lot of work with the three three iron mm. or two iron and I think you'll see more of those players starting to filter in one of the Scottish or the Irish yeah. into their preparation for next year and obviously John Ram winning it. It's big money, like it's a million. It's a million dollars for the for the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a seven million dollar um, uh, prize fund. It will get better. It's going to have more and more names. And I think when you can have, you know, the world number two, the world number four, the world number seven, you know, when you start going through the list, there was a few that I thought kind of some of the European guys. It was a bit disappointing not to see more of the the, the big European names. Like Sergio wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of thought that maybe he would try and make it. But look, every year I think you're going to have some guys drop in and other guys come you know, come out. And it's going to be one of those events yeah. that it will either be one or the other. Anyway, John Ram won it. Congratulations to him. He absolutely blistered the field. Oh. Like he lapped them about four times. Um, Stunning performance. Really, really amazing. And uh, 
you know, he, he just seems in a great place at the moment and could be, uh, sh- sh- could and probably should be up up and around the the leaderboard this weekend coming. Yeah, let's let's talk roughly. Uh, Scottish Open last week, um, won by. I have no, I can't even remember. I did watch this. Rafael Cabrera Bell. Ah, yeah, in the playoff. Uh, he did. Hard the playoff, uh, first playoff hole to the to the bogey. Um, or was it birdie? Birdie's a birdie's a par, wasn't it? Because it's a par five. Anyway, um, yeah, unfortunate. Callum Shinquin unfortunately had to make par in regulation, and uh, his approach shot. He hit. He hit a beautiful approach shot, pin high, but unfortunately left himself in a really awkward position, uh, having to play over a bunker. So uh, he did. He didn't execute that too well, and didn't get up and down for his par. And they into into the playoff. In fairness, they both hit great tee shots, and Rafa hit a stunning three wood into about what eight ten foot on the eighteenth green. Shinquin hit another really good shot, but again, just a little bit left and left. It was in uh, more or less the same awkward position as he was in real time. And uh, to, you know, this, the, he's going to be kicking himself. The first time, like to not make the part, to not get the part put the hole was uh, in regulation was a poor effort. But to not do it in the playoff was uh, he'll be he'll be kicking himself. His consolation prize though is a whole boatload of money and a spot in the Open Championship this week. So. Uh, not the worst um, consolation prize in the world. And, no. Uh, a first win for Rafa Cabrera-Beo in nearly five years. Um, he's been playing phenomenal golf this year but and uh, just hasn't been able to get that win. But great final round, 64, and uh, took his chance when it was given to him. The Greenbrier Classic took place two weeks ago at the Old White TPC course. And... Alexander Schofflo. Alexander Schofflo. Schofflo won. Schofflo, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. He's been him and Bryson DeChambeau, who won the John Deere Classic last week. The two of them have been trending mm. this direction for the last number of weeks. Yeah. Slowly, you know, just sneaking into top fifteens, then top tens, then top fives. If anybody had been watching over the last while, these were two guys who looked like they were just hitting the right form at the right time to win one of these events. Bryson's form reads 26, 17, 14, bang, win. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing was when we, when he was missing cuts a few weeks back, we, uh, I think you mentioned him and we said, we'll talk about him more when he goes on and starts showing up higher in the leaderboard. And week after week, he started showing more and more. And then all of a sudden he's gone one. So the mad crazy scientist has gone and sorted his game out, got his confidence together, played phenomenal golf. And, um, what a back nine, like six birdies on the back nine and a clutch put on 18 to set that target. And can I just say, what a celebration. Oh, you know, yeah, like that was, there was a celebration. That was a kind of a, that's screw you to everybody who said yeah. that I can't do this. Um, but again, you know, at least he's not, he's not side saddling putts. He's just doing the right thing in the right way and he gets his reward because he's a good player. Yeah. He just... I, I just think just sometimes the uh, I was listening to Paul Carrington over the um, um, Sky Sports yesterday, and they were he was talking about how he has this kind of persona as like he all he ever thinks about is swing thoughts, and he was actually making the point that mm-hmm. he never thinks about swing thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like he has worked with Bob Rotella specifically not to have swing thoughts, yeah. but that the kind of the the image is actually not quite as accurate as the reality and I wonder if Bryson DeChambeau kind of was falling into that category where everybody's idea the mad scientist mm. trying this trying that 
maybe isn't actually the true reflection of this guy it's just the perception was different from the actual truth well I mean it was funny I was watching a couple of little snippet videos they do about like to try to give you an insight into the personality he's saying that like whilst he's incredibly neurotic and detailed about his golf when it comes to other aspects of his life he's extremely loose and messy like he said his travel bags are all over the place. His rooms, uh, his hotel rooms are a mess. His room in his house is an absolute mess. So, you know, he's got his things that he really focuses on, his things that he can kind of just let himself off the hook on. And um, I think he found his kind of his his equilibrium on tour and felt and his comfort level and his comfort zones. And he probably he'd gone to the extremes and tinkering, and he found what works for him. And he he built up his confidence of form over a few weeks, and uh, you know turned it into a win. And, well, it shows that these guys can go from missing cuts consistently to a win within five or six weeks. Uh, and some of them can do it shorter than that. But a uh, brilliant win by uh, DeChambeau. And he's going to be uh, walking the links in Birkdale this week. Yeah, well, let's let's wrap up the last couple of weeks and look at the LPGA. Because the US Women's Open, uh, conducted by the USGA, their major was at Bedminster in New Jersey. And uh, Sung Hung Park won by... Uh, two shots. I think I counted, and I might I stand corrected on this. I think I counted that in the top twenty-one, thirteen of them were from South Korea. Like it was just phenomenal. And in fact, there was a good junior program. I think two two Chinese, um, uh, a Thai, and like it just it was incredible. Two Chinese, a Thai. There was very few outside of the Asian women's um, area. Like at the top end it mm. was a phenomenal uh, thing to watch and uh, phenomenal for Sung Hung Park who had yeah had that kind of disappointment last year and got a redemption this year and I suppose it should be commented that the runner up uh, Hygiene Choi is the amateur uh, I think she was yeah. 16 or 17 uh, gets no money for her second place um, but minus 9 2 off kind of a throwback to kind of linking in with Burkdale and they open a bit like Justin Rose all those years ago when, you know, he got within two shots of winning a major um, as an amateur and didn't quite get over the line then. But um, Good segue. Yes. So that is the segue into the Open Championship. The 146th Open Championship is taking place at Birkdale this week. Um, I always love the Open because to me it's where I always started watching golf with Faldo in the 90 you know in, in 89 and 90 BBC coverage with zero odds yeah yeah and just just the whole thing and of course it was there between kind of you know eight o'clock on a Thursday right through to kind of six o'clock in the evening Mon- you know Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday and we'd have been on our school holidays at this stage so the Thursday yeah. and the Friday you would have been able to settle in on the couch and watch it all day long and it was an absolute treat because you never got this amount of golf any other time of the year on the TV well, the so trick was, was you had to make sure oh. you got the remote control because I had three sisters who were not interested yeah. uh, so back in the day when there was only one TV in the house you had to make <laughs> Make sure you got it early. Um, why don't we... Let's look at Bur- Royal Burkdale. Uh, it's the 10th time it's returning to the course. Last time it was here, Pork Harrington won his major. Um, it's true links. It's, it, 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 it is just looks stunning. It's going to hurt people in certain ways. It looks like it's going to be one of those weeks that the driver doesn't come out too often because there's a lot of runoffs into nasty yeah. nasty stuff it's got everything it's got blind shots pop be- belly bunkers generally barry the attributes which is what we always look at 
you know, accuracy off the tee must be this week the number one attribute that someone's going to have to have that helps, to go on to yeah. win. It helps a lot. The rough doesn't look brutal, but obviously we all know in Lynx Golf, you're better off hitting it off a clean lie. Um, it's a really tough golf course in terms of how it sets up, just on the the, the way that the course is laid out in terms of its par. So it goes 34 out and 36 back. So you have to wait until the 15th hole to get your first par 5. So you really can end up grinding and grinding and grinding. And finally you get to the 15th. And you could be playing this into the wind. You might not be able to reach it in two. Um, so you have a par 5 on 15 and 17. So there is a chance to make to, to pull back a score or to help your score even more. Uh, based on how you, how the course is playing that day and how you're playing that day, um, you really have to um, you really have to you know maintain your patience here and particularly this week where the weather looks to there doesn't look to be any calm days out there in terms of the weather. The wind is gonna you know somewhere between nineteen and twenty six kilometers an hour on the Thursday. Friday's up to nearly thirty kilometers an hour and that's not quite you know mostly in the prevailing wind direction but you know a little bit from the west and then Friday's from the south so it's going to change the way the course plays just a little bit from its actual designed way on Thursday and Friday um Saturday's back to a prevailing wind and then you know Sunday is a dead westerly so it's not going to be perfectly the way it uh the course is designed to be played but it'll be more or less that way the guys are gonna to have to get you you know handle the wind, have their patience, handle the little squally rain showers that are going to come through. It's it's a real, real test of patience and who can not lose their mind when the golf course is throwing, hurling abuse at them. This isn't a course that you have to be able to drive at 360, you yeah. know, 340. You know, Warwick Harrington back in 2008, he was averaging kind of 292 off the tee. Ian Poulter, 290, Greg Norman, 294, Henrik Stenson, 300. This isn't going to be one of these places that the big bombers are going to be all up there. You're going to be able to see maybe the Zach Johnsons of the world accurate, but maybe five or ten yards back at like 285 or two. You know, it's not a guy who needs to be able to hit at 320, 330, 340 to give themselves chances. It's a thinking golf course, perhaps more than a bomber's golf it's, course. It's 7,156 yards. It's a par 70. Um, I think there, I think some of the guys will identify areas and, and holes on the course that if the wind is in a certain direction on a certain day, they can actually unleash hell you know, and really power, have a go to with a the driver. There are a few holes that are, they can take it on. Um, they'll have to be very careful of when they do unleash that extra power and try to overpower the golf course. By and large, it is hit your fairways and hit as many greens as possible. But that's going to be very tough this week with all the wind. So one one of the key things I see happen, yeah, being required this week is scrambling. Scramble, scramble, scramble. Can you get up and down from the sides of the greens that you miss? Like We're not going to see a situation where the guys are going to be hitting like 80 85% greens in regulation. You know, It could be like mid-60s. So you need to have your... Uh, your up and down game, like your imagination, and uh, a good, I think a good putter from kind of inside eight ten foot. So you know how difficult it is to get the ball close to the hole on a link screen. And it's sometimes it's hard always because the open moves around every year. It's not like the Masters mm. where you can kind of talk about Augusta, but you know we can look back at 08. But it is one of those things. It's it's going to be the guy who can make par when par is a good good on that hole rather than maybe making a bogey or a double bogey sometimes having to just chip out take your medicine 
knock it 40, 50 yards down the fairway. Some of the pot belly bunkers in the middle of the fairway, they're not going to be able to go at it. If they're slightly off the fairway, it's blind second shots. Mm. You know, that sometimes it's going to be a case of take my medicine, get up and down, give myself a look at the bur- uh, at the par putt and, and take, take it and move on. Patience is a virtue in this course. Um, with the wind picking up, it's going to, I think it's going to rain tomorrow Wednesday Wednesday I think it's raining mm. um, so we'll soften it up a bit it's unlikely we're going to see a John Ram kind of 25 under you know that's not the history of of, of the Barkdale I think Harrington was 3 over for yeah. his uh, and I think then it was like 7 over 9 over 9 over like that was the top 3 so like big numbers could happen if the wind picks up this week yeah, it's it's the wind is it's tough to it's tough to figure out a winning score, but um, I can't I can't see it getting close to double digits under par. I mean, I think if you if you can sneak a few, you know, two, three, four shots under par, you're not going to be you're either going to be winning it or you're going to be very damn close to uh, to the winning score and being with a shout come uh, Sunday evening. It 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 could be over par again. It just. It just depends on how uh, how it all kind of pans out. The flip it's, side of the open is also, you know, the reality of which side of the draw. Sometimes you can be on the right mm. side of the window, other side times you can't. There is always that kind of flip side. It looks relatively even at the moment in terms of the weather. It doesn't look like, you know, Thursday morning is going to be nice and calm, but come Thursday afternoon it's going to be horrible. Apocalyptic. It does yeah, look yeah. like it's relatively calm this time, certainly for the first two days. Thereafter, I suppose it might be that the the, the guys at the top are going to have to play together anyway. Sure. Yeah. Um, Th- Thursday afternoon looks a little bit softer in terms of the wind, but bear in mind it is Tuesday now. So if you're looking for those kind of first round leader bets or even the overall bets, sometimes it's wise when it comes to the Open Championship to leave it as late as possible to have maximum information on the weather forecast. Well, let's look at the current market uh, Jordan Spieth is leading it at 12 to 1 Ricky Fowler and Dustin Johnson 14 to 1 Sergio and John Ram Justin Rose 18 to 1 Rory McIlroy 20 to 1 Hideki Matsuyama 22 Tommy Fleetwood 25 Adam Scott 28 Henrik Stenson the returning champion 30 Paul Casey and Brooks Kepka 33 Jason Day 40 Alexander Naren 40 to 1 Mark Leishman, 45 with Phil Mickelson. You know, what what a price for Phil at 45 to 1. You know, like he, he just loves, uh, you know, Lynx Golf at 45 to 1. Bra- Brandon Grace, Porrick Harrington, 50 to 1 with Louis Eustazen. And then you got kind of Matt Kuchar, 55. Shane Lowry, 60. Thomas Peters, 60. Uh, Cabrera Bailo, 66. And kind of Brant Snedeker, Ian Poulter kind of moving out from there. We say this every year. We say it every time that the majors come around. You could make an argument for an awful lot of these guys. Yeah, they got to put four rounds together. They're going to have to have luck. They're going to have to have skills. You know, it's going to be hard. Looking at the attributes, like we always do, looking at the accuracy, looking at the greens and reg, looking at putting, is Jordan Spieth the right guy to go off as the favorite in this event? Yeah, he's just tipped into favorite. Um, I think so. You know, you need um, tenacity, recent form. He's got high greens and regulation. The putter seems to have been... The little wobbles he had with the putter earlier on in the year seems to have been sorted. 
and um, winner only a couple of weeks ago. You know, a lot of the things are in the right in the right trend for Jordan to be uh, uh, pulling his hand very high up to to win this tournament. So I think just about sneaking uh, the favourites mantle. Um, I think very close behind. Obviously, Justin Johnson with the hot start he had to the year. Um, he he's definitely got that. Uh, you know, and he's number one in the world. He's of course going to be up there uh, amongst the favourites. I think if uh, I said this to Steve Bamford uh, when I was on, I will talk about that a little later. Um, but I think Ricky Fowler, if Ricky had a major to his name, he'd probably be favoured or joint favour for this tournament. Um, well, in fairness, he he's close enough. You know, oh, yeah. twelve to one, fourteen to one. You know, in golf betting, it's 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 not that far away that they're they're kind of there's a group. Mm. There's clearly a group of guys in that kind of from Rory, Justin Rose, John Ram, Sergio, Dustin, Ricky, Jordan. You know, they're they're within kind of six to eight yeah. points from each other. Like, there's not a guy, it's not like a cliff fall here. You know, this no. is a tight field that they're kind of, the bookies are nearly trying to back themselves always here of. We're not, there. it looks like they don't even quite know That's, who's going to be coming out here this week and winning. Yeah, it took the, took the point right off the tip of my tongue. Just like they, like we could, we say we could make a case for a lot of people to win. Well, it seems like the market is, Saying that, uh, it could you know, anybody in the top whatever could win according to the bookies because they have no clearly defined favourite. Um, Ricky's got an awful lot of the re- you know, good attributes going towards him. Good recent form. His short game is immense at the moment. I think he's number one for um, scrambling from bunkers on t- on the PJ Tour. We know he's a great wind player. He's got a really good links r- record. Uh, he's got that kind of grit and determination. Um, that can kind of b- battle out these tough elements that not all the Americans uh, can show. Well, Ricky has been playing Lynx golf since he was a junior because there was a picture of him, there is a picture of him with the American lads uh, when he was much younger on Royal, Ca- uh, Royal Dublin's clubhouse wall when he mm-hmm. was like 16. So this is a guy who clearly likes Lynx golf oh, yeah. you know, and has been around it for a long, long time. The intangible with Ricky is the fact that this week there is going to be a continuation of the same conversation that has been going on now since he won the players a couple of years ago. When will Ricky Fowler win a first major? Mm. How he handles that may end up being the difference. If he can isolate that, put it in a box, ignore it and get on with his golf, I think Ricky Fowler is a really good shout. But then I also thought it was a really good shout for the US Open. (laughs) And I do think yeah. that if I throw enough darts, eventually it will come off. I just wonder how much of that just keeps playing, or if he can just isolate that, get on with the golf, and enjoy it. Is it a but broken it's record? Going to, it's going to build track. up over four days. Like if he goes off in the last couple of groups on the Sunday, mm-hmm. he's going to be asked those questions, and whether or not he can handle that. I mean, and, and he's got. I suppose it's whether he can mentally handle the fact that that's just. It's just column inches, and or a way that the media wants to fill or give uh, give a title to somebody for, for something that doesn't really matter. Uh, the best player to never win a major, like who gives a shit about that? It's a, it's a media driven title. No player cares about that title at all. The only people who want that care about it are you know looking to draw you know drive column inches and get people involved in a conversation or drive a, a, a I don't know. But he, so if he can isolate that, he'll do great. His I, I we think I think where he fell down in the U.S. Open was he expected uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to play much tougher, 
I, I think his game plan was based on the course playing a lot tougher those days and he didn't attack it in the way the other guys did and he just didn't adapt his game to the way the course was presenting itself he'll learn from that he's a smart guy he's gonna he'll have talked it out with Butch he'll have figured it out with himself and his caddy he'll have um, he hopefully he'll be a bit more dynamic if the course is uh, adjusting he'll have to adjust his game a little bit quicker in his game plan and how he attacks it let's uh, look at Justin Rose for a moment yes yeah. back in 08 he obviously flew onto the scene of Royal Birkdale and you know he wins the silver uh, uh, medal for the highest amateur. He comes very close to winning it the year that Mark uh, O'Meara, uh, sorry, not not 08. The, it was the year the week uh, before, yeah. The, uh, the time before. Um, Mark O'Meara wins it. Um, I think it's 19 years ago, actually, coming to think about it. But 19, like, 1998. 1998, so yeah, so uh, 19 years ago. He loves this place. Mm. He obviously beat at the time Matt Kuchar and uh, Sergio Garcia who were the other two amateurs in the event that year he's a major winner now he is always there or thereabouts Justin Rose at 18 to 1 you know and again I know we can make arguments for everybody but Mm -hmm. let's look at just a couple surely Justin Rose has to be in people's thinking of if I'm looking in that top group of 5 or 6 players Justin Rose has to be jumping out at you saying, here's a guy who is is my guy this week. I agree. He's one of my he's one of my big picks for the week. Um, I think the, the script for him winning kind of writes itself. If you fast forward a week and look back on it, you go, well, everything seems to be in the right place. Like He's gone back to Birkdale where he's had so many good memories. He's a, he's a good Lynx golf player. He's, uh, he's very patient. He does, he's a US Open winner. He does well when the score is around par. Um, he almost won the Masters um, but for Sergio's magnificent performance so he'll have a bit of motivation to kind of maybe go grab a major to almost make up for the fact that he didn't win the Masters I think there's a lot of you know he usually telegraphs his wins um, he played very well at the Irish Open last week without really catching fire um, you know the, the, not all the putts were dropping for him and yet he was uh, he was way up the leaderboard uh, finished fourth so you know, a lot of things are in a good place for him right now. I did hear that he's had to adjust his swing a little bit to help uh, to protect his back from being injured since the Masters. Um, but you know, he seems to be fine in the Irish Open last uh, two weeks ago. So, well, it might help hitting it slightly easier this softer. week. Uh, less br- spin, yeah. not not going to balloon as much. John Ram, let's look at the Irish Open winner. You know, you can't say you know the pedigree is there. The temperament has to be the question mark, you know, mm-hmm. where you're going to have to grind out. You know, he came out and apologized after the, the kind of the, the temper a few weeks ago at the US. It obviously was in check at the Irish Open. It would be he was lamping, lapping the field at that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, John Ram, you know, I watched him on Sky yesterday hitting a four iron out of a pop belly bunker. Uh, and was getting it closer than he was with his wedges. <laughs> He's a guy who could scramble his way around this week and put a very nice score together. Can he do it after the euphoria of two weeks? Can he continue the momentum? Or is the pressure maybe just a bit too much that he nearly peaked a bit too early in this series? Yeah, I don't know. He seems to learn really, really fast. Like He's... Um any kind of slip-ups or mistake, you know, mistakes you can attribute to his youthful exuberance or whatever, like his US Open miniature rage attacks that he has, like, 
But he seems to get over these things very quickly and learn from his mistakes very quickly. He's also only 22. He's tw- exactly. He doesn't look 22, no, by the way. He, he looks a lot older than 22. No, he, he, he looks kind of, you know, 27, 28. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, 30-something. And, and he's, he is built like a brick shithouse of mine. But the he's, wind ain't going to move this boy. No. Like, you know, no, that, no, no. He's going to have a stable base for, for wind this week. No, he certainly looks like he could play uh, back row for uh, a really high-performing rugby team or... Uh, is John Rand one of your guys? Is he? Are, are, have you? Are you backing him, or have you left him aside? As you know, you you seem to be going pretty heavy in behind Justin Rose. Is I'm, that kind of in that top field? Is is he I have, here? I have yet to be convinced. I've yet to see John Rand perform in really tough conditions, or that I can remember. So, and an Open Championship presents a very unique challenge in terms of its tough conditions and and how it tests you. So. Um, while I won't be backing him this week, I'll be really interested to see how he how he deals with the challenge, and uh, wouldn't be surprised if he if he's if he's there thereabouts come Sunday. He's he's got all the shots. He's a super talented golfer, and his confidence is sky high at the moment. Well, a guy whose confidence is most certainly not sky high, but he seems to be saying the right things at every press conference is Rory. Mm-hmm. Um, he says it, it it's there. It just for whatever reason it it didn't click in the Irish Open. I always think that the thing about the Irish Open, he, you know, he was a defending champion. He's the name, basically the name sponsor mm-hmm. or foundation. I think that was the perfect storm for him not doing well at the Irish Open this year. I just yeah. think there was just too much going on. I just wonder, the Scottish Open, he said, you know, he was really confident. He was striking it well. He was happy with where his game is. He's the kind of guy who could just go and blitz this this weekend where everybody is just nearly kind of not written him off because I think that's wrong, but the concern is back to this putting. The concern is back to the kind of the concern that's been there a little bit, which was got rid of when he went onto the Scotty Cameron. He's now back with Taylor Made. He's trying to find a putter that he likes. He's going out with five or six, trying to decide which one. He's settled a little bit with one. Putting is going to be important, as you said, the eight to ten kind of twelve footers. Mm. Does that just straight away kind of strike Rory out of your list of kind of, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd, I'd be about as surprised of him winning it as I would if he makes the weekend right now. Like, I can kind of see him doing, you know, either blitzing the thing or he's gone by Friday evening. It's, it's, a, it's a complete high variance result, for, isn't it? Um, I just don't see him finishing, like, 30th. Yeah. Or 35th. Yeah, he's yeah. either going to finish in the top five mm-hmm. or he's not making the weekend. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. As much as we want, as I want to see him up there, he's. I don't think he will. Um, I think Burkdale's probably just that little bit too exacting a test for him right now. And with you know, add in the tough conditions and his confidence, even though he, he's saying the right things and want trying to talk himself into like consistent confidence uh, with his game, it just doesn't seem to be happening. However, with a massive asterisk, as you always have to have with Rory, he could literally just catch fire and off he goes and uh, and not look back. Um, so, which is why you know he could have these high high variance results. He could miss the cut or he could go and win the damn thing. I I just don't think he will. But at this, you know, when it comes to gambling on him this week, when do you see Rory McIlroy at twenty to one? Maybe that when he was coming off his injury, he was you know he was out there. But now he's fit. 
He's playing golf. He's had a couple of. He's had a few rounds of links golf. He hasn't had four rounds of links golf in. Well, one he tournament. has just four, Sorry, yeah. two and two, two in Ireland yeah. and two he in put, Scotland. He put them together into one tournament. But so that's a, it's a super attractive price for for Rory McIlroy. And I think that there's going to be people who, if he does do the the blitzing argument, that they're going to be kicking themselves walking away oh, at twenty to one, where you're kind of going, "Why did I let twenty to one go with Rory? Of course he could do this." And that's why I just, for me, I'm going to have a little bit of money on Rory, just because I actually think I need to back that problem on that kind of buyer's regret on Sunday mm. when I don't back him, and there he is coming down like. You know the last few holes in, in 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 touching distance, like knowing what he can do, like he did it last year, where like all of a sudden he can put like five or six holes of birdies together, and before you know where you are on a Sunday, he's right back up at the top of a leaderboard, <laughs> and you're yeah. kind of going, really? I should have, I should have. It's kind of like emotional patriotic insurance money or something like that. But uh, you yeah. know he's got the game because he's he he's an open champion winner. You know that he can do it. It's just a case of right now, this week, this year, mm-hmm. can he do it? And um, right, let's look uh, look pick two or three more because you know. Well, look, okay, somebody's going to be very much talked about this week is Tommy Fleetwood. So Tommy grew up at Birkdale. Um, what more can you say about Tommy? You know, he's won in France two weeks ago, playing probably, probably having his career year. There's going to be an awful lot of expectation on Tommy going into this week, and he'll probably have a lot of expectation on his own shoulders because he's playing at home. He knows his course better than anybody out there in the field. He's striking it brilliantly at the moment. Um, the only regret people can have now is uh, not backing him a long time ago at a much higher price, knowing that he was going to be playing in a, effectively his home open. It's tough to take... Tommy Fleetwood on at 25 to 1 when not six months ago he was in the absolute doldrums shooting 80s so it'll be interesting to see how he goes this week um, it, it could be a defining week for his whole career if he goes on does it Henrik Stenson seems to be a little bit messy at the moment we, we, he's not quite happy with his game but I think giving back the Claret Jug might kind of release a little bit of the pressure and uh, from his game you know he was the reigning Open champion now that the Trophy's gone back in. He doesn't have that anymore, so that might ease the tension in the shoulders somewhat. Adam Scott's been uh, hitting the ball pretty well recently. Uh, we all know uh, he has unfinished open business after um, his uh, poor finish that allowed Ernie Els to sneak in and get a win a few years back. Jason Day hasn't played golf in a few weeks. Brooks Kepka come back off holidays. U.S. Open champion learned his trade here in Europe. Um, why not? <laughs> Could he, could he go on and do it? He, he bloody well could, yeah. He's got the confidence to do it. Great ball striker. Um, it might it might not be the week for him, though, with the wind. Uh, it might just not fit into his skill set unless the short game's really hot. I think that Paddy Power playing, paying eight places, a lot of places are kind of extending out to the usual. Did you see that Skybet have ten places? Well, there in itself, you know, you can look down the field, poor Carrington, 50-1. to one. Shane Lowry, good win player. Lynx winner previously, sixty to one. Ian Poulter on a bit of form, seventy to one. If you look Sarah Kelson, hundred to one. Superb win player. Played won the Irish Open in tragic conditions in Royal County Down two years ago. I mean awful, awful conditions. You're gonna see he plays great on Lynx courses. What a, what a shout. He's a hundred to one, ten places, one fifty odds of sky bet. And you you also have like Bill Haas, you know, a year ago, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that we were talking about, uh, you know, the 
uh, Phil and Henrik, you know, Bill Haas was third, mm-hmm. you know, like 125 to one. Beef Johnson, he was in the top five last year, 125 to one. You like, got your ever perform, ever well performing South Africans. You got Brandon Grace, Louis Oosthuizen, you know, former Open champion Oosthuizen. Grace hits the ball really low, loves Lynx golf, has done well. To, he has won the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship before. Charles Schwartzel, you know, uh, another good Lynx exponent. But you can go deep, deep, deep down this field to find bets, and especially with these extra places available, you might you might choose to not look at the favourites at all because the guy, one of your long odds guys placing, was going to get you a better return than uh, one of the short well, odds guys winning. Here's a guy, Matthew Saike, two hundred and fifty to one, played really well at the Irish Open two weeks ago. Um, Probably got a bit too drunk after celebrating and played awful in Scotland. Possibly, <laughs> but you know, there's no reason. Like he, you know, he's he's played at the Open before, two hundred and fifty to one. I'm not suggesting that Matthew Southgate, and I'll eat my words if this occurs. I'm not suggesting that he is in the top ten or fifteen or twenty guys that have realistic chances of winning. But at two hundred and fifty to one. I'm kind of thinking he might finish, you know, I have a chance at a top 10, a top 8. At 50 to 1. At, at 50 to 1. Like, now all of a sudden, you know, and that's the thing, looking down, a guy who's not worked 250 to 1 is Danny Willett. I'd say if you could get good odds on him even making two rounds of golf at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's talking about how much injuries that he's got and he just keeps turning up to events hoping that he's going to be fit and not and he doesn't want to disappoint and then he pulls out because of it. Yeah, and he's um, also, by doing that, he's possibly taking spots from guys who are waiting the wings to get in so that's I don't know it's a little bit messy what he, um, if he's not fit he shouldn't be teeing it up or if he's not feeling like he can make it through the tournament he shouldn't really be teeing it up there's a couple of good couple of good long bets that I, or a couple of bets long bets that I like um, where are we Peter Uline so Peter finished fourth at the Irish Open a couple you of weeks ago you were drooling over him on the range oh sorry yeah I know I, I should have sorry Peter finished second at the Irish Open a couple of weeks ago uh, no, 14th. I'm all over the place here. Yeah. <laughs> sure he are. finished second the week before at the Open to France, which is a very tough golf course to perform on. Um, he missed the cut last week in Scotland, so maybe he's got one eye on this week. Maybe the course didn't suit him. Maybe he's fallen out of form completely. But the one thing I do like about him is he's got he's shown good recent form, and one of his really good mates, Brooks Kepka, won the US Open not too long ago. Brooks followed Peter Uline over to play the European Tour to earn his tour card and get up the rankings and learn golf on, in a different way than they would do over in the States. So he's kind of got that little extra... We see how the Americans kind of can feed off each other on their close friends when they when one of the friends wins, another one wants to get in on board and uh, jump on the bandwagon. So Peter's going to have that little bit of um, motive, extra motivation to go out and grab a, a win or perform really well. And the other one who's playing really well at the moment is Ryan Fox. He's gone 6th, 4th and 4th the last three weeks. Um, Open to France and then two Lynx golf courses. And he's just, he won his, uh, he earned his spot in this tournament. Um, Because of his performances, he won one of the Open spots. um, Got one of those golden flags. And he's available up to 200 to 1 in places. But um, if you're looking for maximum places... 10 spots, uh, sky bet each way at 150 to 1 for somebody who's showing remarkable links form. The name, key, name, name your three. Name my three. three. Okay, uh, Rose. Oh God, there's a long list over there. No, I have a few. Rose, Fowler, and Uline. Um, so, those. 
Um, the other one is Soren Kelsen. I think he's a really good shout for top uh, top ten. Yeah, I think right, each one is, is, is just perfect for him each way. If anyone wants to listen to a really kind of detailed, um, in depth statistical analysis of the tournament, I joined Steve Bamford on the Golf Betting System podcast, and that's up online on all the usual channels. It's GolfBettingSystem.co.uk. You'll find it with a Google and uh, Steve's Twitter is at Bamford Golf. You can access it through there as well. And ours is a good talk golf. All right, Barry, thank you for your input. Thank you for the listeners to listen. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next mm-hmm. kind of four or five days uh, in the lead up and then the event itself. And uh, we're going to be talking to you all again next week as to who is the 147th champion golfer of the year. <laughs> Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.